Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about how to prepare for an unknown future. Before we talk about that, I just want to tell you something kind of fun. I got to see a deer eat breakfast this morning. I am so super excited about it. It was about somewhere between 11 and 13 minutes. I just watched her eat leaves off of trees and eat grass, and it was so beautiful. Anyways, I just wanted to share that because it was a fun little moment in my morning. But today we are going to talk about how to prepare for an unknown future. I remember that during COVID, one of the words that I heard the most was uncertainty. It was in the news. It was in headlines. It was in sermons. It was in conversations that I had. The word just came up over and over and over. And while we're coming out of COVID in a lot of regards, I really feel that that sense of uncertainty still lingers. There's still this sense that something's changed. Something's shifted. Nothing is quite like it was pre-COVID. There's not that same sense of normalcy. And even in an uncertain time in our world, there's some things according to scripture that we can be certain of, and there's some things that we're still going to be uncertain of. We know that we can be certain of the one of the great promises of the word, that there will be an end of all things. And the coming of the Lord is the great hope of the church. We're even told to comfort ourselves with this thought that Jesus is coming to rescue us out of this fallen, broken world. The confines of time are not all that we're living for. Paul wrote to the church and said, if our hope is in this world, we are of all men most miserable. And so we can be certain that Jesus is coming. We have something so much greater to live for than houses, more than material possessions, more than security in this lifetime, more than human relationships, more than ease, more than comfort. We have a promise of eternal life, of seeing his face, the one that we've walked with by faith, with eyes of faith. We're going to actually see him. That is our hope. There's going to be no more tears, no more sorrow. Every shred of death is going to be swallowed up in victory. So the coming of the Lord, according to scripture, is certain. And while we wait for that promise, we're getting closer and closer to it. And we can look around and we can see the signs of the times that Jesus gave us in his word unfolding all around us. And I know that sometimes that can cause a lot of fear for us. I have sometimes had great fear of the end times. But God has really helped me through that. And while I don't know all the details of what's going to unfold exactly, I know that he is going to walk with me through it. And he's going to walk with you through it. We can be certain of that. He said, Lo, I am with you always, 
even unto the end of the age. And so the end times does come with a lot of uncertainty for all of humanity. It can, like I said, cause a lot of fear. But the future is never uncertain to God. He is very present. My pastor always says that means he's there before we get there. He's already out there, up ahead. He knows it all. He's got it all planned out. He's got it all in the palm of his hand. He's got every last shred of the future figured out, and we can trust him. And so while there's elements of the end times or even of just of life in general that have uncertainty for us, they're never uncertain for God. People often say that nothing is certain in life but death and taxes. And so death is another certainty that we see in the word of God. It says that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So these things are certain, but we also see in the pages of the Word of God ways to prepare. We know that trials are going to be certain. It says that we're not going to—Jesus said, um, in this world, you will have tribulation. We can prepare for trials through what we see in the Word of God. And so what is the first thing that we can do to prepare for death, to prepare for the second coming? We have to live ready. We have to get in the word of God and see what it says about salvation on its pages and follow that plan of salvation. We have to secure our salvation according to the word of God. And I would urge you to study out what the Bible gives as a plan of salvation. Little nutshell of what we see Peter preach on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was initially poured out, when the church was born, is that the people asked what they should do to be saved. And Peter said to them, repent. That's a turning away from your sin, turning away from self. Then he said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So he tells them to be baptized by immersion with the name of Jesus being called over them because their salvation in no other name. And that 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 baptism is going to wash away the stain of their sins. And then he says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which they had just received in the upper room with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And then he clarifies, it's not just for the people that are here today. He said, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So that's just a very small nutshell. But get in the word of God. If you're not fully assured of your salvation, make sure that you do what the word of God says. We are saved by faith, which is our obedient response to what we see in the word of God. And from that moment of salvation, we have to learn how to live full of the Holy Ghost and how to live in obedience to the word of God. I was reminded this morning of Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus tells people, he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name have done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended. And the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We see from this parable taught by Jesus that it's not enough just to know the Word of God. We have to live the Word of God. And this is the hard part because the Word of God cuts across the grain of our flesh. 
the things we see in the word of God that we have to walk in obedience to often go so directly against the natural bent of our flesh. They're against our natural tendency, our natural desire, whether this is forgiveness or humility or some other concept that is a kingdom concept, it is generally very contrary to the way that we naturally want to do things. And so even after we're saved, we have many ways that our flesh wants to do things that are contrary to the will of God. And this is where we have to learn to walk in submission, in surrender to his will, to his way, to his timing, to his preferences, and the things that we see that he has laid out in his word. Ultimately, it is not just going to be knowing the word of God, though that is where it starts. We have to know what the word of God says, or like Jesus said, it's not even in performing powerful signs, but it is going to be in obedience that we are going to be prepared both for the events of this lifetime and for the events of the end times, for death, and ultimately for eternity. And just real quickly, looking at the parable that Jesus taught, both of the men built built homes. They both heard the word and they both had storms. The man who built his house on a solid foundation of obedience still had a storm. He still had uncertain events come into his life, but the difference was in the doing. The difference was in the foundation that their lives were built on. And it is in the doing of the word of God that we prepare for storms that will undoubtedly come into our lives and into our future. If the house of our life is going to be standing at the end of storms, at the end of uncertain events, it is going to be because of obedience. And that's just such a very simple message, but that is how we prepare both for the coming of the Lord, for eternity, for the twists and turns that are out there, up ahead of us that we don't have any means of seeing. And so just remember, your heart is a bank account. What you invest there becomes an emergency fund to draw on in the future. You're saving for a rainy day. You're saving for a storm. Build on a solid foundation. Build through obedience. Hide the word in your heart for the day of trouble, for the day of temptation, for the day where fear and worry assail you. This is how, again, we stand on promises, how we build a solid foundation in our lives. And God will prepare you for things that you don't know about that are up ahead. Today I'm going to share a little thought called Heads Up Buttercup. This is an unedited journal entry that I wrote in my own devotional time several years ago. And without further ado, at this time, I will read Heads Up Buttercup. Earlier this week, I thought, wow, I wish I had been given a heads up for that after a particular conversation Over and over, I thought, if only someone had given me a little forewarning, but no one had. The conversation punched me in the stomach and knocked the wind out of my lungs. It flattened me. It was about 24 hours before I felt like I could breathe again. Slowly, the breath came into my lungs and I felt partially recovered from the blow for which I had no heads up. That's how life is sometimes. Bam. Pow. Life socks us in the gut and leaves us gasping for air. Life can, in an instant, knock the wind out of our sails. There are generally no forewarnings for what's about to transpire. Life rarely gives us a heads up. As I have thought about this lack of heads up, a question has been surfacing in my mind. How can we prepare for what we don't know is coming? The first thing that comes to mind is that the Word of God does give us a heads up. 
While the Bible cannot tell us individually how the moments of our lives will play out, it does very plainly declare some of the realities of life in this world. It promises a combination of both beauty and brokenness. It promises a mixture of both joy and sorrow. It contains a heads up on many things. Trouble. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16:33. Offenses. Jesus also said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Trials. Peter wrote, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Accusations in our minds. Revelation 12.10 says that the accuser of the brethren accuses them before the throne of God day and night. Death. It is appointed unto man once to die. Persecution. They shall lay their hands on you and persecute you for my name's sake. Wow, that is a cheery list. I could go on but just wanted to remind myself that Jesus did very plainly lay out a heads up in his word. He clearly told Christians that they would not be immune from the challenges and realities of a fallen world. He didn't just promise pain, but he also promised joy and beauty and hope in the middle of any challenge we may have to face. When life gut punches us and some unexpected scenario, some diagnosis, Some unforeseen circumstance, some announcement leaves us reeling and shaken to our core. We can recall that, yes, Jesus promised pain, but we can also recall his promises of remaining close in that pain. He gave us a heads up on that too. He is with us. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He will never leave us. I will never leave you or forsake you. Peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Protection, the angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him. Healing for broken hearts. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Daily mercies. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They are new every morning. The second thing that comes to my mind as I ask how can I prepare for what I don't know is coming is really the same as the first thing, surprise. The second thing is get to know the Word of God. File it away in your heart for future reference. Invest it in your heart for future withdrawals. Life will be slightly less shocking when you know that Jesus promised pain. Trials will be more bearable if only slightly when you can pull out a promise at a moment's notice. It is hard to stand on promises you don't know. The word of God will sustain you in famine. It will wrap a broken soul. Its words will speak comfort in prison cells, hospital rooms, and any other place for which you had no heads up. It will whisper hope in the dark. It will dry tears and catch tears. The word of God is balm to soak pieces of broken souls in. It encaptures all the virtue of the one who spoke it and inspired its writing. The Word of God is a best friend in loneliness. It reminds us that Jesus knows that he too was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The Bible speaks hope and boldly declares that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The best way to prepare for what you don't know is coming is to get to know the Word of God. 
become acquainted with its nooks and crannies, get in it until it saturates and permeates your heart, search it out until it is the essence of who you are. The Word of God will keep and preserve you through the details of your future for which you have no heads up. The third thing is the same as the first and second. Get to know the Word of God. Live by its principles. For example, live debt-free. The borrower is slave to the lender. Release anger. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Sow good seeds. Whatsoever a man soweth or plants, that shall he also reap. Live and give generously. Give and it shall be given unto you. He that has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. James wrote that it is not enough just to know the word, but that we must do the word. When we act upon the word of God and live in obedience to its principles, we will be more prepared to face the unforeseen moments of life. The seeds of obedience that we sow now are preparation for announcements that come with no heads up. The fourth thing is really similar to one, two, and three. Get to know Jesus. We get to know him in his presence, in the black and white pages of his word, and in observation of the world he created around us. We get to know him when we intentionally discipline ourselves to carve out time and sit with and seek him. We get to know him when we converse with him by faith, with real words throughout our moments and days. We get to know him when we daily share the deep places of our souls with unfiltered honesty, and in return, find that the brokenness there draws him and does not repel him. We get to know his heart as he walks with us through all the unexpected highs and lows of life. It is these experiences that settle us and sink us down into his unshakable love. David knew God, and David said this, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. When life gives us no heads up, he will lift our head. When circumstances wind you and leave you reeling, you will find him close. You will find him near. You will learn that he will give you a heads up. Just a few random thoughts. Heads up, buttercup. Again, just a little unedited journal entry called Heads Up, Buttercup. And just a reminder today to invest the Word of God in the bank account of your heart, not just to know it, but to do it. Jesus is going to walk with you through every single step of an unknown future. He told us not to be fearful when it comes to the end times. He's got you. He's never going to leave you. And rather than living in fear of the future, again, whether that's related to the end times or just life in general, let's spend our time investing in the future We are told to lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt. And let's lay up treasures in our hearts. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to meeting up with you next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit megunedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, lovely, wonderful, beautiful, joy-filled Friday. And I hope that maybe you run across a deer and get to see it eat breakfast too.